0: This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, August 8th, 2018. I'm Caleb Brown. Is Obamacare truly optional? Since the end of the penalties associated with the individual mandate and new rules governing short term health coverage, millions of Americans may soon be able to escape the anti market provisions of the Affordable Care Act. Cato's Michael Cannon discusses what these changes mean for people seeking health coverage. At the end of 2018, what is going to be the state of the individual market for health insurance? Well, there have been some big changes
1: that mean that very soon Americans will be able to purchase whatever kind of health insurance they want without Obamacare obstructing them at all, and that's because Congress repealed the penalty uh, associated with the individual mandate, and that repeal will take effect in. Uh, 2019, but even more important than that, Congress 20 years ago created an exemption from all federal regulation for something called short-term limited-duration health insurance, and it turned out that exemption is a lot bigger than anyone realized. Because what the Trump administration did was they said, "Look, this exemption under the the way Congress wrote the statute is so big that we can have the maximum duration of one of these." L- Short-term limited duration plans be 36 months. So that's these plans can last up to three years. And then on top of that, if you want to string multiple consecutive short-term plans together, you can do that. The Obama administration said you can do that. But what the Trump administration did is it said you can also tie them together with something called a standalone renewal guarantee. Now, this is a product that United Health Group introduced back in 2008, United Health Group being one of the largest insurance companies in the country. Uh, and what that does is it's a standalone policy that protects you against your premiums going up if you get sick. So you can you can either tie this to an insurance plan. You can buy it even if you're uninsured. It costs about a fifth the cost of a health insurance plan. And if you use one of these to, to tie together multiple consecutive short-term plans, well, then you can use those short-term plans for long-term coverage because the renewal guarantee protects you against being underwritten again if you get sick. So that even if you get sick, your pre, you will still pay the healthy person premium. Your premiums won't shoot up because you got cancer or because you got MS or some other expensive... Condition, And so the Trump administration expanded consumer protections and short-term plans that way by protecting people in those plans from medical underwriting after they, after they enroll. They go through medical underwriting and enrollment and then after that, the Obama administration was not only happy to make sick people in those plans face medical underwriting again – they made sure it happened more often because they wanted to make it the short-term market as unpleasant for those people as possible so that they would switch into Obamacare plans. The Trump administration said, no, we don't have the authority. The Obama administration didn't really have the authority to ban the renewal guarantees that will protect those folks from, from being re-underwritten. And they said, So we're gonna uh we're not gonna touch those plans. We're not gonna prohibit renewal guarantees. We don't have the authority to do it. Uh, it's my view that if they do try to do it, if a future administration tries to rescind what the Trump administration did today, then an insurance company that sells these renewal guarantees would have a cause of action. They could challenge that uh, that uh, executive branch uh, attempt to ban renewal guarantees. So between the renewal guarantees and the exemption from Obamacare, now consumers can purchase health insurance that fits their needs instead of the needs of, uh, of Congress or the special interests that have influenced
0: Obamacare. All right. So, who's playing in this market? You know, the the part of the goal of Obamacare, perhaps not an un, unstated goal by policymakers, but certainly a goal that uh, a lot of its proponents had hoped for, would, was just essentially the end of the individual market. So, who's playing in this uh, short term uh, coverage market, and uh, how widely available are these kinds of policies for most people? Well, it's hard to say. We don't have really good data on this. Uh,
1: the uh, estimates indicate that the small term, uh, uh, the small, the short term market is pretty small at present, uh, uh, hundreds of thousands or maybe a million enrollees. But uh, that's in large part because the Obama administration did so much to strip these plans of consumer protections and make them as unappealing as the administration could. Now, however, there's potential for this market really to take off, and not only because you've got you still got 30, 40 million people who lack health insurance, you've got some people in the uh, Obamacare exchanges who are playing, paying uh, vastly inflated premiums, and this could provide them relief, but also those standalone renewal guarantees that I mentioned should be an attractive product to people with employer-sponsored insurance, because if you have employer-sponsored insurance and then get sick, and then uh have a break in employment so that you either your employer drops coverage or you uh, leave that job maybe because you're too sick or you go to another job and they don't offer health insurance, if you purchase one of these standalone renewal guarantees, then that buys you the right to enroll in a short-term plan at healthy person premiums, even though, you're, even though you've got cancer or, or though you've got MS. And there we're talking about maybe 175 million people with employer-sponsored plans. Uh, who might be able to benefit from from this protection? So the and, and again, the insurance company that was selling those standalone renewal guarantees was United Health, one of the largest in the country. So there's a lot of potential for growth here. A lot will depend on what states do. There are states that impose limits on these plans. Uh, I believe in New York and New Jersey and a couple other states they may ban these plans entirely. In Arizona, which is generally seen as a conservative state, they uh, prohibit renewal guarantees in Arizona, or at least that's what folks think. uh, The uh, it depends on how the Arizona statute is worded. Uh, If it's worded like the federal statute, then it may actually be silent on renewal guarantees, uh, standalone renewal guarantees, and thereby allow them. So we'll have to see how that plays out, but. I think the important takeaway here for states is that this is a product that doesn't get rid of Obamacare. Obamacare will still be there for people uh, who want to enroll in those plans, but th- this is a product that provides choice and lower premiums and secure long-term protection from the cost of illness for people who want that, for people who don't want Obamacare. and. Therefore, what states should be doing to make health insurance more affordable for their residents is removing any restrictions on short-term, limited-duration plans. Um, and uh, and there will be a push by supporters of Obamacare to try to regulate these plans out of existence at the state level. And so, even if states are are already uh, have already implemented a regulatory environment that's conducive to this um, uh, to the sort of freedoms that this. Um, Trump administration final rule has protected, Uh, they're going to have to keep an eye out for efforts to undo those freedoms.
0: All right. So what could states that are uh, very interested in expanding this market do uh, in this year, next year, and years beyond to uh, protect that market and uh, provide it with, um, I guess, an easy regulatory environment to keep it going? The simplest thing uh,
1: right now is just to defer to whatever uh, rules the federal government imposes on short-term plans. Say, some, a, a simple piece of legislation that said this, this, this state shall impose no requirements on short-term plans that are greater than what the federal government uh, imposes. They, there's generally not a good idea to, to, to let the federal government regulate uh, your, your uh, health insurance markets or other markets, but for the moment, federal regulation is, uh, is almost non-existent, which means consumer choice is gonna be regulating the market and competition is gonna be regulating the market. And so that's a uh, that's a uh, way to get rid of any, uh, or get around any existing reg- uh, regulations in one fell swoop. Uh, specifically what states can do is, uh, if they, they can uh, get rid of any mandated benefits that they might impose on these plans. So some states require short-term plans or, or require, uh, purchasers of short-term plans to buy coverage for certain things. That makes uh, health insurance more expensive and if we want to realize as much good as this market can do, we need to get rid of uh, of those requirements. Other states uh, may ban them, may limit the ability to renew these plans. They may limit the availability of standalone renewal guarantees that allow you to string these plans together. They may have... Um, I believe Arizona says that uh, your short-term plan can uh, last no longer than 180 days. Uh, they can get rid of that uh, requirement um, because those tend to increase administrative costs, make these plans much uh, less consumer-friendly. Because you have to, uh, well, you may face underwriting every six months, but also if you run through your deductible in the first six months, then uh, and and enroll. Uh, and if you're able to enroll in another short-term plan, you you face another deductible for the second six months of the year. So getting rid of all of these restrictions would allow uh, the short-term markets to do a much better job of meeting consumers' needs, uh, of making healthcare, access to health care better and more affordable and more secure.
0: Michael Cannon directs health policy studies at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast at iTunes and Google Play and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.